Hello everyone, welcome back to Press Y, your weekly gaming news roundup with Kelton Burns and Cameron Donahoe. It's another news-filled week, so let's open up the paper. <laughs> yeah, let's do that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, okay. So let's start it off with some some uh, not sad news. The Nintendo Switch sales have just passed the Wii's total sales in the U.S. Lifetime. So in its sixth year on the planet, Nintendo Switch has passed the Wii. This data is coming from Circana, formerly known as NPD, showing the Switch exceeding the Wii this last July. The Switch is now trailing the Xbox 360 and the PlayStation 2 by less than 5 million units. Damn. Good for the Switch. I Switch love the Switch. Off. Yeah, hell yeah. Happy uh, sales day, the Switch. Well done. Well done. I think, personally, I think I might like the Switch more than the, the Wii, and I don't care if I get any backlash from that. I just think the Switch is a cool, cool little system. I think the Switch can do everything the Wii could do. The Wii was just, like, so groundbreaking for its time, it felt like, with the movement controllers, you know? like yeah. I don't think my grandma has a Switch, but she does have a Wii. <laughs> She's playing Rock Band at the on Expert. On Expert. Right? Yeah. She even has one of those little movement pad things to stand <laughs> on or whatever. Hell yeah. I I will say this about the Wii. It was groundbreaking breaking as well as uh, it had some fucking banger tracks. Like, whoever, like the Wii menu music is so good are you fucking serious i could literally just hang out in the menu we were talking about me- menuing uh last week on an, on an episode and ha- like a bad example of menuing the wii fucking killed it with just the menu and the vibes of the wii i would love to put like a wii sports track behind our discussion right now when i'm <laughs> editing but i'm sure that like tomorrow there'd be like a suited man at my door yeah <laughs> It's like paper. <laughs> it's like a threatening version of those original Wii ads where it's just like <laughs> Sakurai or not Sakurai, uh, like the owners of Nintendo in like business suit attire being like, "We would like to play or play with you." Yeah, but it's would we would like to sue again. you. <laughs> All right. Next up, the Rockstar Games vice president of writing Mike Unsworth has left the company. Unsworth joined in 2007 as a senior creative writer where he worked on Red Dead Redemption, Red Dead Redemption 2, Grand Theft Auto, Grand Theft Auto 5, Max Payne 3, and L.A. Noire. He stepped up as writing director in 2019 and then vice president of writing in 2021. And now two years later, he is leaving the company and no one knows where he is going to go next. So yeah, just wanted to pour one out for Mike's Mike Unsworth, man. 16 the, years. The Unsworth, man. I love Rockstar man. Games writing. They're always, they're always funny. Dark yeah. humor in a, in a way. Yeah, I think Rockstar does humor pretty well. Uh, it, which is a tough thing to do in video games. So I don't know if this guy was the Joker guy. Hopefully not. <laughs> now now, <laughs> now Rockstar's just <laughs> fucked. They got rid of the one funny guy. Well, he didn't work on Bully, and that's like one of their funniest games. So maybe that, you know, but maybe that bodes well. I thought Bully was kind of all right, a, a uh, little childish uh, for me, honestly. I need okay. some higher brow humor, like like how Trevor like goes around on murder sprees, talking about doing drugs and having sex with women. 
I think that's that's hilarious. The highest of the brow. Yeah. You know how he has that tattoo that says cut here on his neck? I think that's pretty neat. So in uh, <laughs> in terrible news, following the collapse of a $2 billion deal with Savvy Games Group, Embracer Group has decided to shut down Volition Games as part of a large-scale restructuring program focused on cutting costs. Volition Games was founded in 1993 under the name Parallax Software Corporation before rebranding to Volition in 1996. They found early success with their games Descent and Descent 2, but they would go on to find mainstream success with the Saints Row series and Red Faction. In August of 2019, they reportedly had 174 employees, so that gives some perspective on how many people probably just lost their jobs yesterday. That is a bummer. I really like uh, Red Faction Guerrilla and uh, Saints Saints Row is all right. I really like Saints Row two and three. Three, yeah, I did. I did like three a lot, honestly. I think it got a little too off the rails with like the fucking dubstep guns and the <laughs> like like i i just just put it put me in a city with some wacky weapons and whatnot i don't need to be like fighting my way out of hell with a dubstep gun <laughs> you know it was like well, a, it was bad. a fine line they had to walk where it was like gta but really wacky and cartoony but yeah like you're saying maybe not too like out there but <laughs> yeah. yeah definitely a shame uh I loved a lot of their games that they released, and I hope that those developers go on to find positions in uh, in other companies. I totally agree. I think there's a lot of talent in that team, and I have no doubt that there's a good portion of people who will honestly land on their feet, considering the talent. Up next, following the release of Cyberpunk 2077's Phantom Liberty DLC release, CD Projekt Red has confirmed that they're moving the rest, the majority of the team onto whatever the next mainline Witcher game is. So now everyone will be shifting focus to pump out the next Witcher game. We don't know if that's going to be The Witcher 4 or if it's going to be a remake of the first Witcher game or if it's going to be like an entirely new Witcher game. There's no real details, concrete details available on that yet. But I am looking forward to whatever they pump out next following The Witcher 3. I totally agree. I mean, I feel like it's a good time for it. There's been a lot of uh, time since Witcher 3. Witcher 3 fucking blew up. The only thing I want, more Gwent, baby. Give me as much Gwent as you can possibly shove into that Witcher 4 game. I'll Funny be you a, say a that. happy customer. Yeah? Because I was looking at their development team plan schedule, and uh, following this new Witcher game, they have a little section dedicated to Gwent-related projects for the <laughs> team to focus on. Fuck yeah. So yeah, more Gwent is down the tube for sure. So, all right, it's been 12 years since Skyrim has launched in 2011. Do you remember what year its sequel, Elder Scrolls VI, was announced? No, no. It was probably like five years prior, right? <laughs> it was announced in 2018. So <laughs> Skyrim came out in 2011, and then, uh, what, seven years later, they announced Elder Scrolls VI? <laughs> well, on Wednesday, they have confirmed that Elder Scrolls VI has officially entered early development. Oh, shit, boys. Get ready. So five years after the announcement, they are entering into development. Head of Bethesda Publishing, Pete Hines, has confirmed the game has completed pre-production and has now moved into the development stage. <laughs> so confirmed, the studio has turned its attention from Starfield to Elder Scrolls. And in 2033, we will be playing Elder Scrolls VI, baby. That's I would not be surprised if Elder Scrolls VI is like a launch title for the next Xbox. 
That would make a ton of sense, honestly. I figured it's just going to take so much time because they need to find uh, ways to port it onto like refrigerator screens and like the TI-86. That's got to be hard to develop for, you know? For sure. <laughs> it's got to be on everything. I'm sure they'll release it a million times after it comes out. Yes, that's, that's kind of how I these saw, things go. I saw a quote from Todd Howard saying he wants it to be the ultimate fantasy RPG uh, like Sim. Those are some so. pretty fucking big shoes to follow or to to fill. Jesus, um, following Skyrim. What would you say like has that title currently? You think Skyrim like is the, the ultimate fantasy game? Yeah, I think Baldur's Gate is kind of up there, honestly. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'd have to think about that for a while. Like some like Elder Scrolls Online is also pretty fucking solid and like really, really, really big, and. I know, like, that game's great. There's also, like, you know, if you're going to look at fantasy games, you got, I feel like you have to consider some MMOs, but if you're looking True. at single player, uh, yeah, I mean, Skyrim's definitely probably up in the top three. Would you put, like, Breath of the Wild in the same category? Yeah. Um, I don't think it, like, I think in terms of quality of game, it's up there, but I don't think it fills a lot of those, like, traditional fantasy tropes. You know, mm. I mean, it is it is fantastical. It just seems like a, a bit of a watered down fantasy land. It seems a little bit more like grounded than your typical high fantasy shit. Like Skyrim is like it's got dragons and dungeons and fucking kings and queens and all this like political intrigue and cults and magic and gods like Zelda. I mean, I mean, uh. Uh, Breath of the Wild is just kind of like we got a we got a dragon here and there, you know. There's a big evil guy you can hit with a sword. I'd say um, Dragon Age Inquisition, pretty fucking solid. Yeah, I think that's a good one. Up there, I think that was a good one. I think there has to be like a certain level of like over the top stakes in the story for it to be like more high fantasy, you know, like some fucking like chosen one saving the world type beat you know <laughs> <laughs> all right well i'm gonna crank us forward now yeah. cameron <laughs> on the topic of elder scrolls bethesda and starfield starfield reviews have been released so today the day this episode comes out starfield will enter early access for those who purchase the deluxe or collector's editions of the game the rest of us casuals will get the game on Wednesday, the 6th. I'm so excited. So, I'm, so I'm also excited. very excited. So this review embargo lifted. So let's look. Let's take a peek under the cover. Yeah, let's, let's see what, uh, what she's got under the hood. Starting with the praise. Outlets like GamesRadar, VGC, Destructoid, and GameBlog have given the game a perfect 100 out of 100, praising its ambition, player choice, and the way it simulates that continuous draw towards the unknown. And then looking at the lower end reviews, sitting around a 7 to an 8 out of 10. So not bad reviews, but not calling it perfect. Outlets like IGN, PC Gamer, and GameSpot have pointed to the fact that the game only gets really good after dozens of hours or after you complete the campaign. And that the space travel feels disjointed with you having to constantly fast travel if you want to get anywhere. And one consistent thread I did want to point out, though, is across all these negative reviews, usually in the summary paragraph, the writer is like wants to point out that despite the flaws, it's still a really fun and engrossing game. So I thought that was interesting because I don't think in a lot of 
reviews where right after someone points out all the criticisms, they still want to be like, despite all this, I would still recommend checking out Starfield. That is a good sign. Um, yeah. I'm sure there'll be more and more reviews as like more, you know, people get the game that didn't have review copies like us. I'm sure that I will have a review of this game for you guys after I play it. So that's probably going to be like two weeks away because I doubt I'll be able to give you guys an honest review of the game following two game days of playing it. But yeah. Are you are you gonna be are you gonna be a day one Wednesday the sixth player? Yeah, game? I honestly think I will. Just because like I've like I've heard so much about Starfield. I fucking love Bethesda games, obviously. Um, and this is like I've had almost nothing spoiled for it at all, and I feel like it's been so long since I've gone into a game so fucking blind, and especially such a game of this level. So I just want to like get as fresh of eyes as humanly possible when I play it. And so getting that in on day one is pretty crucial for that. I was specifically with Bethesda games. I can like remember the feeling of like first stepping out into the wasteland and fallout. And yeah. Like just like taking in like, wow, I can go so many different directions. And the same thing in Oblivion, like, you know, when you first get up to a cliff and you see like the land stretch out in front of you and you're like, wow, like you get like a sense of like, oh, my God. And I hope I, I get that in Starfield. Like, I hope I have a moment where I'm like, whoa, this is like such a vast place I can explore. I totally agree. And I have, yeah. I have utmost faith in uh, in our boys at Bethesda. Our boy, Tommy Howard. So more on Starfield coming from me and Cameron next in the next coming episodes of Press Y. But, moving forward, Sony has quietly raised the cost of PS Plus 12-month subscriptions. So let's get into a bunch of of fucking shit here. I had to gather a lot of information for this. Let's so talk money, boys. Let's talk the announcement. Cold cash. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> in the announcement for next month's <laughs> PS Plus games, Sony slid in some info on the rising cost of PlayStation Plus 12-month subscriptions. So for those unaware, PS Plus has three tiers of subscriptions, and here are the increases in cost for each tier. PS Plus Essential will go up $20 more a year to a total of $80. PS Plus Extra will go up a total of $35 to $135 a year, and PS Plus Premium will go up $40 a year to $160 a year, I believe. Um, so let's look at Xbox's Game Pass, since that's the main comparison here that people are going to draw. Xbox has four types of Game Pass. Core, which gives you access to 25 games on console for $10 a month. And also, I should mention, Xbox doesn't have... Uh, uh, you can't buy them at a year at a time unless you buy like a card from like Target or some type of retailer. But if you're going to buy straight through Xbox, you have to do the month to month sub. Okay, back to the types of Xbox Game Pass. Console, which gives you access to hundreds of games on console for $11 a month. PC, which gives you access to hundreds of games on PC for a month. Both of those are uh, $11 and $10. Ultimate is the most common Game Pass it gives you access to hundreds of games on PC, console, and the cloud for $16.99 a month. So if you were to subscribe to Ultimate every month for $16.99, it would come out to a total of $203.88, which is more than the the top tier of PS Plus Premium. That's $160 now. Um, but still, that's a lot of money for either one. I have I used to have both. Now I think I only have PS Plus Premium. But I was about to subscribe to uh, to console, I think, for the 
the Starfield. Do you get Starfield for free? Is it on? Starfield is it's gonna on, be on Game, Game Pass. Pass. Oh, shit. Yes. Yeah. Man. And that's one thing that really works for Game Pass is they get all those titles at launch, and right. you know, that doesn't really happen on uh, PS Plus Premium. It's not like God of War or Ragnarok was like launch on that right. on that uh, subscription service. That so yeah, right now, much. with this price increase especially, Game Pass is looking like the better option, if I'm going to be honest, just because of the, you know, you get those launch titles, and uh, I guess you're paying Ultimate, it's more, but if you're playing only on one PC or console, uh, I think it's cheaper. Hell yeah. But yeah, Cameron. Yeah. Things are expensive. Man, why does everything cost money? Why why can't I just exchange goods with with PlayStation? <laughs> Maybe I can make them uh, a couple of, a nice friendship bracelet and then they'll they'll give me PlayStation Premium. Cameron, what have you been playing this week? Um, what have I been playing? I mean, we've we've both been prepping like Mad Men for uh the PAX event, so I haven't been able to get yes. tons of gaming in. Um, but I've been playing a lot of uh Magic the Gathering Arena on my phone, so <laughs> there's that. Also, nice. uh another phone game that I've been kind of uh just checking out is uh called There Is No Game. Uh, it's like a really, really fun kind of like meta-based comical game. Uh, really, really worth the the playthrough. Uh, yeah, highly recommend. It does a it does a bunch of fun little things like, uh, you'll like there'll be like icons in a menu, and it'll be like, they'll give you a chest, and they will say open the chest. Uh, like there's a hint in your menu, and you're going through the menu, and there's like no hints except there's like a little like key, uh, icon that like says hint. It doesn't say anything, but you can, like, drag the key, like, off the menu and, like, plug it in and use it in the game. And so they do a fun little, like, like game meta-commentary stuff like that, which is fun. That sounds really cool. I like those. Uh, I like the, I like games uh, every now and then that, like, do that whole, like, meta-breaking of, uh, of uh, expectations. Yeah, and it's also, it's a pretty funny game as well, and I feel like that's something that uh, is hard to do, like we, like I previously mentioned in video games. So it's always nice when... It's done correctly. I have been playing, well, like you said, I've also been prepping like Madman for uh, for PAX because we have a ton of coverage for that coming up, guys. If you are listening to this on Friday, uh, the morning this episode comes out, actually, me and Cameron will be in PAX interviewing game devs. So I'm sure that we'll be pumping out as much content as we possibly can, and we will have more to talk about that on next episode with our full experience wise but if you follow our tiktok or our instagram uh we'll be have posting reels of uh of the games we've been playing with some first-hand impressions but i've been playing some crimson i played through the demo the game's not out yet uh but in my packs research i found this game and crimson man it's really cool spell the k it's by developer crying psycho little indie game it's kind of like, uh, if you're going to compare it to another game, you could compare it to, like, Geometry Dash, I guess. But, but it's like a little platformer. You control a ball, and you move around a series of, like, increasingly chaotic stages. And all of the environment is synced to, like, industrial electronic music that gets really intense. And it's so awesome. It has this, like, scary... <laughs> this is such a fucking Kelton-looking game. Over-simulating, right now, <laughs> like... 
hellish it, it's like i guess it's like geometry dash in hell or something like that like it looks like you're it's just the visual is described as like kind of being on acid and uh it's really fun and it's like you know my palms were sweating when i was playing it i was having such a good time uh, i really recommend checking out crimson uh just the demo it's available on steam i'm really looking forward to the full release and uh and yeah crimson's awesome i've also been playing some sea of stars oh nice how is that i'm really liking it it's it's like very clearly inspired by uh you know older games and i've seen some criticisms i guess of the the writing like not even not the writing but like the grammar <laughs> um apparently like there's huh. some grammar mistakes but uh overall really liking it so far you control like uh you control there's two main characters you pick which one you want to control but they're always going to be together doesn't change any other part of the story it's just like whatever one you're mainly controlling but when you go into combat uh it's kind of like that final fantasy um you know your players are or your party members are in an environment the enemies are scattered around you or whatever and you know turn-based you go through picking what each team member is going to do and you know you have mana and a main attack and everything like that it's it's, it's really fun so far oh yeah it, i'm liking it, it the graphics are beautiful yeah i was gonna say like the the art style is so fucking cool in this game and i'm a sucker for a jrpg so i'll uh i'll definitely want to give this one a run through yeah i'm i'm in, I'm really enjoying it i'm like if we weren't about to just go through the craziness of packs i would probably try to pump this game out before starfield comes out right but because with packs coming up uh, i'm sure that it'll probably end up going on the back burner once starfield comes out and i don't i hope i can get back to it yeah i i that's same here i hope this one doesn't slip through the cracks for me because it does look like it's worth a playthrough um but you know you do have to like like feed yourself and sleep and uh like actually have relationships out of video games so <laughs> we'll see what happens Speak for yourself, man. You're right. I'm just weak. That's what it is. I'm just a beta gamer. Video games can be everything you need. (laughs) I'm completely sustained off of only video games. So, I... It's a new month, Cameron. It's it's September. It is. August is gone. Uh, And so I decided to look at games that came out 20 years ago. Okay. And uh, we got a bunch of ESPN and not Tiger Woods stuff. Yes. But I don't really want to look at that. Classic. I wanted to look at The Simpsons Hit and Run. Oh my God. Guys, Hell yeah. I love The Simpsons Hit and Run. So I decided to look more into The Simpsons Hit and Run since it came out 20 years ago. So The Simpsons Hit and Run, guys, let's go down memory lane together. Mm. It's developed by Radical Entertainment. This was the 22nd game in the Simpsons series of video games. The second Simpsons game developed by Radical Entertainment after uh, Road Rage. This game was actually recently just fully remade by a fan and it got like a viral little following. You can't download it or play his remake because that would be illegal, but he has it all available of him. The process of him remaking the game and videos of him exploring that uh, little little world is pretty cool. I was, I was for a while. I was really trying to find some backdoor way to get access to that remake, but uh, it's pretty locked up. So, yeah, Radical Entertainment developed around 35 games before this one including educational Mario games like Mario is Missing and Mario's Time Machine, which I didn't even know that Nintendo like 
licensed out Mario games for other companies to make. Yeah, but I guess they were in the nineties. Sketch. <laughs> yeah, and these games look kind of like Nightmare Sketch. Agreed. <laughs> yeah, they also made some MTV sports games and a Wayne's World adaptation and a Beavis and Butthead game. There's so if you Jeez. look through Radical Entertainment's like history. There's a lot of weird stuff in there. Yeah, it sounds like they had, like, their jam was just kind of licensed video games. Yeah, they were pumping out, like, four or five games a year. They're all probably of equal value, just the the toppest of notches. Well, I mean, if Simpsons Hit and Run is anything to go off, that game is incredible. I wait for a remake. Yeah, dude, maybe, maybe we gotta play this fucking educational Mario game. <laughs> maybe we're sleeping on it. Dude, I just had a request yesterday to have us start doing some Let's Plays for 10 to 15 minutes of both of us playing a game. So if you can find a copy of uh, of the Mario <laughs> Entertainment game somewhere online, we can hop into that. Hell yeah. So I looked more into Radical Entertainment, and they would eventually become acquired by Activision in 2008, where they be- they would make a Crash Bandicoot game, and then they made Prototype. So oh. Prototype... Is probably the game that most people know that these people have made. But unfortunately, due to Prototype 2's commercial failure, Radical would be reduced in size, put on supporting Bungie and developing Destiny, and then they would be dissolved. So that was the end of the Radical story. Sad, because I do really like a lot of the games they've made. Yeah, I was going to say, that is like a shockingly high-quality list of uh, games. Like That's a very impressive track record. Good for Radical. So, uh, well, came in. We have a little bit extra time to spare. I guess we rushed through some of that shit a little fast. <laughs> uh, what? So, with PAX coming up right now, yeah. And what game? Is there any games that you're really excited to try out? Yeah, uh, there are a couple. Thirty XX is a really cool one that I saw, and it's like a. Made by uh, Battery Staple Games, which is a Washington-based oh, yeah. developer, which is cool. Go Washington! Gotta love Washington State, baby. Uh, and so that's cool. The it's like a it's like a uh, a Mega Man X-inspired platformer, um, which it looks very Mega Man. It seems like you're fighting bosses and running and gunning, and uh, it's got kind of like this very uh, futuristic sounding like uh, electronic soundtrack which I'm super into uh, and just the art looks super clean it just looks like a really well designed game that I'm really stoked for as well as Enotria, Enotria the last song looks Ooh, nice. really cool and it's like a like a double A uh, uh, developer is working on it uh, it is like kind of like a souls like uh set with like italian mythos uh influences which is really cool uh like all the the creature designs and like enemy designs are like really fucking like kind of nightmarish and creepy and they have like a kind of like a italian uh style to all of them which is a really fun uh kind of spin on it and uh like all the combat looks really clean which is really important for a souls like and yeah, it just it seems like a really fun uh, theme to uh, add to the Souls-like genre. So I'm really stoked for that one. And it looks beautiful. I'm really excited to try out Castle Doombad from Grumpy Face Games. I really, really like their Steven Universe games. So I'm really excited for Castle Doombad. And it looks like a remake of a game that I would have loved. Because I'm really a big fan of Tower Defense. And it's like being described as balloons meets Plants vs. Zombies. 
Hell yeah. And that sounds really fun. I'm also really excited to try out some more uh, Atari games, like Days of Doom. And I'm looking forward to looking at Rugrats Adventures in Gameland, which looks cool. It's like a modern day, well, not modern, but it's like a Game Boy game made right now. So it's like brand new game, but it's like exactly like a Game Boy game, which I think is really cool. I, I want more of that. I really liked playing through Fishing Vacation recently with our interview with Scotty. Right. came out last week. And I I realized I was like, man, I would really love to play more uh, more Game Boy games, and it, and it'd also be just be cool to have them made in modern times, where you might get more of a, you know, a fresh, more uh, modernized approach to the gameplay loop. I totally agree. I think that's I think that should be more of a a standard just in for all consoles. I think there's a lot of really fun uh like cool games that could be like added that just have like refreshed mechanics and uh, that are still made in that kind of style and have that same kind of graphical quality and whatnot. Um, so I would love to see a lot more games like that. Maybe like GameCube games or like PS one games. Uh, just, I think that'd be cool. Dude. Imagine like a gritty game, like Grand Theft Auto or Max Payne or something, but it's like in Game Boy form. Yeah. That'd be sick. That'd be fucking like awesome. Pokemon Emerald, but like an adult story. I would play that immediately. Yeah, man, that like The Last of Us, but it's set in like little pixel. Yeah, art. it's all pixely. Hell yeah. Yeah, that'd be really cool. I agree. Awesome, guys. That's gonna wrap it up for this week's press Y. Uh, once again, try it if you want some more uh, packs coverage. We will be getting reels out. I believe we have plans to release like a packs specific episode for the podcast and for the YouTube where we'll just talk about our first impressions and our experience at the convention and trying out all the different games. So yeah, really excited to pump that out for you guys. And uh, yeah, we'll catch you next Friday. See you guys next Friday.